Thank you for listening to the City Lights podcast. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. We hope you enjoy the message. What type of message does a Rastafarian preach? A sermon. All right. A sermon. Woke up with that one yesterday morning. Guys, it's a gift. It's a gift. You can't explain it. Some people flow in prophecy up here. You're seeing that. Well, my gift is puns, so there you go. All right, well, today we're starting a new series. Um, The series is called, Has God Said? Um, Turn to uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. This is the temptation of Adam and Eve, which led to the, the the fall of man. Uh, Genesis 1-3, it says this, Now the serpent, speaking of the devil, was more crafty than any of the beasts of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said, You shall not eat from the tree from, uh, eat from the tree in the garden. All right, so this is the first question in all of Scripture uh, that Satan asks. The first question that is asked in the Bible is a, is a question, questioning what God had said to them. And it was designed to uh, sow a seed of doubt. It was designed to sow a seed of doubt, and it was designed to introduce insecurity into the relationship between Adam and Eve and God, okay? Um, How many times does this happen to us? Has God really, did God really say that? Has it ever happened to you where God's spoken something in your heart, and then there's that seed of doubt? Did God really say that thing to you? That word that he gave you, that encouragement that he gave you? Or maybe you're, you're going through a season where you and your spouse are fighting a lot, has God said that divorce is really that big of a deal? Has he really said that? Right? Maybe you've had a couple beers. You want to put back a few more. Has God really said that drunkenness is a sin? You're at the computer. Has God said that it's really a big deal to look at naked women on the computer? Has he said that? Has God said? It's that subtlety. It's not a big deal. It's like, you know, it'll be fine. Has God said it's wrong to slander and gossip people behind their back? Right? Okay, I'm not going to read um, the full portion of scripture here, but basically the first lie, um, the, first, the first question led to the first lie. And when you believe the lie, you empower the liar, right? And the first lie led to the first deception, which led to the first form of bondage. Okay, so the questioning, questioning what God has clearly stated and uh, clearly said leads to the introduction of a lie, which leads to deception which will hold you into bondage. Did God really say that? Did he really say that? Um, Much of what is clearly stated and understood in Scripture is being questioned in society today. Much of what is clearly stated, clearly represented in Scripture, is being questioned in society today. I want to take a few weeks. It's going to get gnarly up in here. Okay, this is going to be a tough series for me, so be praying for your pastor. I want to take a few weeks and talk about some of the biblical truths that are clearly established that we need to know as believers, and we're going to talk about those. So did God really, did, well, number one, did God really say the Bible's true? Did God, here's one, here we go. Did God say that marriage is between one man and one woman? We're going to go there. Did God really say that there are only two genders? Did God say that uh, life begins at conception? Um, did God say that we should be a support to the Jewish people and the nation of Israel? I'm going to talk about that. Come on. Um, did God really say that Jesus was the only way to salvation? Okay. 
All right, did God say that? Okay, today I'm going to, we're just going to launch straight into it. I'm going to talk about gender. Everyone say gender. Okay, the question, one of the questions in, in society today is, are there only two genders? Are there only two genders? Now, for some of you, I feel, it feels so weird to even be addressing this subject. <laughs> I know for some of you, uh, Bible-believing people, you've been raised um, your whole life. This seems like a really dumb question to even be asking. And I will admit that it seems very weird to even be addressing this subject. Is there only two genders? But I will say that there's a very uh, real attack on this fundamental idea that there are only two genders, okay? So the title of our sermon today is called, Are There Only Two Genders? All right? It's a very clever, gimmicky title there. But it gets to the point. I thought about some, I thought about some uh, other titles like Gender Bender or something like that. But <laughs> I was like, let's just say it, you know, it's efficient. It's efficient, okay? So now I just want to pause and I want to say, if you're a person who is struggling with, you can see where I'm obviously going with this. So if you're a person who's struggling with gender dysphoria, which used to be classified as a, um, um, a disorder, uh, d- gender dysphoria, or you have woven within that a same-sex attraction or something like that, or any number of temptations, I just want to say, we're not against you. God loves you. You're amazing. And I just want to encourage you to find godly counsel. Find godly counsel, people who love the Lord, people who know the truth, who will walk with you through any, any situation, okay? Find the person who can love you through that and lead you to tr- uh, truth through that. Um, one of the things that's staggering to me is that the, the transgender suicide rate is 40%. 40% of people who have this struggle end up committing suicide. I don't like that. None of us should like that. This should be a terrible thing. And so please get godly mentorship, godly help. And one thing I want to say before I really get into the message here, um, I wanted to make sure to say this. First John, or John chapter 117, it's not in my notes. It says this, the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through, Christ, uh, through Jesus Christ. So the law, and we're going to read some things here that are in the law, you know, and, and throughout this series. So we're going to, we'll jump back and forth, New Testament, Old Testament. But the, the law came through Moses. He said, here's the rules. Here's the list of rules. But grace and truth came through Jesus, okay? And the thing about um, truth through Jesus is it's not just the list of rules. It's, it's the heart behind the rules, it's, the, it's not just the law, it's the spirit of the law that Jesus wants to give us. What is the spirit of the law saying? And then he adds to that grace, and grace is the empowerment to live above it, okay? So we're not just trying to throw a rule book at people here and say, here's the rules, live according to them. How many of that won't empower you, right? That's not going to change people. Live according to our rules, you know? It will, it will say, hey, here's where maybe right and wrong lies, but I will say to anyone here, anyone watching online, it's through relationship with Jesus that you will receive the spirit of the law, the, the actual why, and grace that will transform you and change you, okay? So get mentorship, get help, um, but we want to speak the truth as well as a church and um, just have firmly established things. Um, we're still a young church. We're two and a half years old. And so some of these things I want to just, I just kind of want to trumpet, but then you guys know the drill. When people walk in through these doors with any number of temptations, any number of chaos in their life, we need to love them, we need to help them, we need to point them to Jesus. Amen? Okay. So to kick off um, this sermon, um, I'm going to play a video. 
California is kind of leading the charge on the muting and the homogenizing of genders, okay? Just muting and homogenizing of them. And so I'm going to play a video from uh, the California legislature. So go ahead and roll that video. And uh, our first order of business is to approve the committee rules. Uh, I'd like to note uh, in uh, respecting the fact that we are now a state recognizing uh, the non-binary designation uh, as a, a gender, uh, he and she, uh, we are now merging them so that we are using what my uh, grammar teacher would have had a heart attack over. We are using the phrase they. Um, and replacing uh, other designations so that it's a gender-neutral designation of they. And we've done that through most of the, basically that's the primary reforms and revisions to the committee rules. So, um, uh, and I appreciated Senator Monning observing uh, that the chair is she, but uh, in the spirit of gender neutrality for the rules of this committee, it uh, now designates the chair as they. Um, so the world is a different place. Uh, my grammar teacher is long gone, and I won't be hearing from her. Um, and if any of you, from them, exactly, from they. Uh, but uh, for any of you who may hear from an old grammar teacher, blame it on me. That video goes on for a few minutes, and they're talking about various things, and she uses gender pronouns over 30 times after that, after she creates this rule to not use that. Um, guys, adolescence is already really confusing. Like, body, your body's changing, and you have these different desires, and we're going to add to that. Like, there used to, I, I was looking at this last night, there are over 12 designations on Facebook that you can pick for gender identity. And, there's, and, and then there's a custom range. You can put in a custom range there and then put in your own gender identity that you want. Like, we are giving people options that God never wanted them to have, right? This is something that is preordained. It's like one of the one things in life that's like, okay, I'm a man, yay. You know, one of the one things that's preordained and predecided for me, okay? And we need to embrace the way God made us. We need to embrace our gender identities, okay? So... Um, yeah, there's like 58 some different gender identities. There's gender fluid, which is like people who bounce back and forth between genders, apparently. Gender nonconforming. I mean, I had a list of them. I'm not going to read the list. It's, it's just, it's weird, y'all. <laughs> it's, it's weird. So the question becomes, why, why would there be an attack on gender in the first place? Okay. Why would there be an attack on gender? Well, listen, I'm going to read a scripture here in a minute where we'll, we'll talk about how God said there's only two genders. But if you're Satan and you want to mess up culture and you want to mess up the fabric of society, one of the base things you can do is sow division in the, in the place of saying that there are all these different genders, okay? And, and you, you, what you would want to do if you're Satan is to pervert God's original design and confuse God's original design, okay? So, uh, I'll, I'll just give a few reasons today of why I believe there's an attack on gender. Uh, reason number one is I believe it's an attack on God's very image, on who he is. Greg was up here a little bit ago and mentioned like, hey, I'm a father. God's saying I'm a father, right? 
And some of you maybe have struggled with the idea of a father. Well, listen, he's a good father. Maybe not like the one you had, right? We all have earthly fathers, and they all succeeded and failed in many different ways, right? Father God is perfect in heaven. So gender expressed in mankind is actually an expression of who God is himself. Okay, let me read this verse. Genesis 5, 1 through 2. Um, This is the written account of Adam's family line. When God created mankind, he created them in the likeness of God. Okay, mankind, we are created in the likeness of God. We are an expression of God himself, okay? That's different than any of the animal kingdom, okay? Verse 2, he created them male and female and blessed them and named them mankind when they were, uh, when they were created, okay? So here's what I want to say. The masculine nature of God and the feminine natures of God are, are an expression of God himself. Okay? Um, notice there's only two designations here. He made them male and female. So that's, there's your scripture. Has God said? Yes. God has said there's only two genders, male and female. Okay? There's no speaking of a gender spectrum in here or gender fluidity or a gender universe I've even heard. Whatever that means. Right? Okay? So... <clears throat> The masculine and the feminine natures of God are an expression of God himself. Why? Because we're created in the image of God. It also says here, well, let me say this. The difference between, there are obviously many similarities between men and women, right? You know, we're the same in a lot of ways. But the differences between men and women are profound and powerful. They're profound and powerful. And we should embrace those differences because it's in those differences that there is an expression of God himself, okay? Okay. And they work together to express the nature and character of God. Okay, men cannot do this alone. Men are not the sole expression of the nature and character of God. Um, a good example I would give of this is when I was single, you know, the Bible says it is not good that man be alone, right? And then he created, out, or created Eve. It was not good that I was alone. I needed a wife, okay? Um, I used to, uh, I had a roommate. And we didn't like doing dishes, so we just did paper plates, but then we realized the trash can fills up really fast when you use only paper plates. So we got one of those big tra- uh, garage trash barrels, and that's in our kitchen, and we just started throwing them in there. And then, you know, take it out every, I don't know, not enough, because it started to smell really bad <laughs> every week or so. And then my wife came on the scene, and she's like, this is not good. <laughs> with, with this bachelor thing you guys have come up with here is not good. It smells bad. Get yourself a normal kitchen trash can, okay? All right. Men cannot express the divine nature of God by themselves, and women cannot by themselves. It actually, I believe, there's in the two, the the feminine and the masculine expression of God, that God's beauty is portrayed in this world, okay? By the way, um, I mentioned this a few weeks ago. If you're single, you're not a second-rate Christian. God loves you. You're amazing. Um, So, yeah, you're not complete because you're married. You're complete because you're in Christ. Amen? Okay. So, in verse 2, it says, he created the male and female and blessed them, okay? Listen, he blessed them. There was a blessing in being created in God's likeness and image. You are fearfully, the Bible says, you are fearfully and wonderfully created in God, okay? You should like what God has done. You should look in the mirror and say, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. Come on, all right? <laughs> Religion tries to like put you down and crush you. Listen, relationship with Jesus has said, you're so valuable, I'll come and die for you to redeem you that you can have a relationship with me, okay? But it says, um, he created the male and female and blessed them. 
um, there was a blessing in their God-ordained gender identity. The, the embracing of your God-ordained gender identity, there's actually blessing in that and through that as well, okay? Uh, embrace who he created you to be. Um, so I want to talk a little bit today about the differences between men and women. Um, there's been a lot of work in society to, to bring women up to the same standards as men and women, and there's still a lot of work that needs to be done, obviously. Having said that, there is also differences that I think magnify the glory of God in this world. Okay, I want to talk about those differences. I actually believe it's in the contrast of those differences that God is uh, glorified more clearly, not in the muting and the uh, not in the muting of, of the two. Okay, and the homogenizing of the two. So, before we do that, I want to establish that the sexes are of equal value in God's sight. Okay, and they should be in ours as well. One sex isn't better than the other. Men aren't better than women. Women aren't better than men. Um, in fact, and I will say this, we all benefit. I benefit from you being you fully. If you're a woman, I want you to be the best woman you can possibly be. I don't benefit at all from diminishing you. If you're a man, we don't, we don't, we don't benefit from anyone not living up to their fullest. We all will benefit from each other being who God created us to be. I want you to fully step into who God created you to be. Amen. So it says this, Galatians chapter 3, verses uh, 26 to 29. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. This is... Um, I think we take this for granted. This is 2,000 years ago this was written. But the idea that in Christ Jesus, all of us are one, and there's no subcategory. There's no sub subcategory. Okay? Both Jews and Gentiles have access to God through Christ Jesus. Okay? They're equal. He says here, he talks about the slave and the, the master. Okay? The slave and the servant. He says they're equal. And there's a lot in Scripture written to talk to masters, say, hey, masters, Give your slaves dignity. Slavery isn't legal anymore, and it shouldn't be. Give your slaves dignity, because if your slave is in Christ Jesus, that's your brother. Okay? So if you're, if you're here, and you make a million dollars a year, and you're driving down the street, and you see a homeless person who calls himself a Christian, they're in Christ Jesus, guess what? That's your brother. Okay? So uh, socioeconomic differences don't change that at all. They're both equal in Christ Jesus. What about men and women? It says this, they're equal. You are equal. Okay? I think we take for granted how powerful this revelation is. Um, my wife's relationship to God isn't through me. She has her own relationship with God. I have my own relationship with God. We are equal in Christ Jesus, okay? And that's profound, and that's amazing, okay? What's the point? We are all partakers in Christ Jesus. Now, having said that, I think it's important to talk about some of the differences between when, uh, men and women. Um, there's the most obvious ones, and you guys have gone through health class, so we're not going to talk about anatomy, you know, necessarily. Um, but, again, there's this push to mute and homogenize these stark differences, okay? And I think it's through these diff differences that there's an expression of God's greatness. The first difference is biological, obviously. Um, but aside from someone's anatomy... You can look at their DNA and tell, someone, tell if someone is a bi biological male or female, okay? 
Why? Um, because their chromosomes are different. If you're an XY chromosome, you're a male. If you're an XX chromosome, you are a female, okay? Notice, this lines up with Scripture. God created them male and female. He didn't talk about a gender spectrum. And down to your cells, you're either a man or a woman. You're either an XY or an XS. There's no other variations, okay? This confirms what the Bible's saying. Listen, there is no amount of surgical augmentation or subjective feelings that will change that. Okay? You might feel a certain way, but that doesn't mean that the rest of us and the world should redefine definitions that have been established for thousands and thousands of years, okay? That's a totally different thing, okay? Down to your DNA, you are a male or a female, okay? Um, what about some of the other differences? I want to talk a little about um, strength and endurance, okay? Um, it's not necessary to labor this point a lot, because, but I'll just say this. There is a good reason why there's men's sports and women's sports, so there's a good reason why there's an NBA and a WNBA. There's a good reason why there's track and field, and in, in the same category, they have women doing the same thing, but different, right? There's a very good reason for that. Why? There are over 3,000 genes that are expressed differently in female and male skeletal muscular structures, okay? What does that result in? On average, men are five inches taller. Uh, women are 50 to 60% um, as strong as men in the upper body and 60 to 70% as strong as men in the lower body. Our hearts are different. Our red blood cells, the, the amount that we have is different. Our ability to clot blood is different. Our, our ability to heal is different. One of the most profound and major differences between men and women is the amount of testosterone that we have. And that creates profound differences, especially um, as people go through puberty, obviously, Okay. That creates profound differences between men and women. This is one of the biggest differences we can see. What I, the point I want to make about this is I have a particular beef in society with men, XYs, being allowed to compete in sports with XXs. And if you're, if you're pro-woman on any level, you should care about this too, okay? Let me read, let me read, a, let me read a story here. Um, in 2014, I like MMA. I like men's MMA. I've, I've grown to really like the women's division in MMA as well. Okay, but here's a story from MMA where a man was allowed to compete in the women's division of MMA. Okay, in 2014, a man um, named Fallon Fox, who identifies as a woman, was allowed to compete in the women's division uh, in MMA. In 2014, Fox was fighting his female opponent, uh, Tamika Brents. Everything happened in the first round within the first two and a half minutes. It was a messy, bloody fight and not easy for everyone to watch. During the fight, Tamika suffered a concussion and fractured her orbital bone in her skull, and Fallon Fox didn't stop until Tamika was finally TKO'd. After the fight, she received several staples in her head. Tamika Brents uh, gave an interview where she went on to say that she had never felt so much power and strength in any woman before she fought Fallon Fox. That's because she wasn't fighting a woman. <laughs> okay. I have struggled with many women and have never felt the strength I felt in a fight like that, uh, the fight that night. I can't answer as to whether it's because she was born a man or not because I'm not a doctor. I can only say that I've never been uh, felt so dominated in my life, and I am an abnormally strong woman in my own right. I still disagree with Fox's struggle. Any other job or career, I say try, but when it comes to combat sports, I don't think it's fair. Okay? Listen, 
XY's men should not be allowed to hit XX's women. Okay? There are certain sports where the differences between men and women aren't as, aren't as big. Like, I'll give you an example. Extreme endurance sports. The differences between men and women actually diminish a little bit. But sports like a combat sport where you're allowed to hit, it, there is so much going on. There's such an advantage to have testosterone coursing through your veins and being a genetic man, okay? That's why they should, they do have, and should have two separate divisions, okay? Stories like this are happening all the time now in, in track and field, in cycling. The records are being broken in cycling by men. And men's identifying as women. They're breaking all these records. Why? They're they're genetically different. Their, their testosterone is different. They're different down to their very cells, okay? If we don't stop men from competing in women's sports, it's going to be the end of women's sports, especially at the professional level. If you take a really good college athlete basketball player and throw him in the WNBA, he's going to crush. He's going to do really good. That's why there's two different divisions, Okay. We need to have two separate sports for men and women so they can compete fairly and equally, okay? All right, so, because you don't see this going the other way. I mean, you, you, you maybe would hear of a woman who jumps, identifies as a man and jumps into man's sport, but you don't hear about her like crushing records and destroying records and smashing records, okay? So, women, I think you have a special interest in rising up against this chaos, and there's been a pushback against it, and I think it's really important, okay? <clears throat> Why? Because there's a physical disparity. All right, so I have a beef with what culture is doing and just kind of saying, oh, we're all kind of equal. No, we need to have men's sports, women's sports. That bothers me, especially in combat sports when you're hitting someone. Come on, get a life. All right, and paid to do it. Paid to beat a girl up. Come on, think about this. All right, <clears throat> Another major difference, it, I wouldn't say it's major, another difference between men and women is psychology. Okay, the way, the way men and women think are differently. Now, um, because men are, on average, larger, I'm going to say this, but don't, just hold with me. Men's brains are actually bigger. <laughs> but <laughs> women's brains are actually denser, Okay. More densely compact. I'm not saying you're dense. Densely compact. Oh my gosh. Don't boo me out of here. More densely compact. Therefore, there is no discrepancy between intelligence between men and women. They're the same intelligence-wise, okay? Everyone heard me say that? Okay, good. Don't take me out of context, people. But men and women think the way they think is differently. Okay, so I read a study on how men and women think differently. Men have more gray matter in, the, in their brain. Nearly, uh, in general, men have nearly 6.5 times the amount of gray matter, while women have more white matter in their brain, nearly 10 times the amount of white matter of men. Um, in human brains, gray matter represents information processing centers, whereas white matter works to network these processing centers. So in a way, they kind of equal out. Like men have more processing centers, but women have more networking are able to network those processing centers uh, more, more efficiently, okay? The results from the study may help explain why men and women excel at different types of tasks. For example, men tend to do better with tasks requiring more localized processing, such as mathematics, while women are better at integrating and assembling information 
from distributed gray matter regions of the brain, which adds to language skills. Okay, so sorry to bring a little bit of a stereotype here about math or whatever. Um, obviously, there's amazing women who crush it at math and they're mathematicians or whatever. But I do think this is why, this is my observation. When you have toddlers, the little girls, man, they just start talking like much younger and are more articulate than the boys. And the boys are just, they're like grunting, you know? So, okay, they're just grunting and, and the girls are just articulate. I don't know. But how does this pan out? Okay, how does this pan out? One of the ways this pans out, the, the most major way this pans out uh, of the way that men and uh, women differ is interest. One of the major ways that men and women differ is in interest. Um, men tend to be more interested in things. Gadgets, technology, men are generally more visual. 80% um, of YouTube viewers are men. Okay, that's not being taught or pushed or anything like that. That's just naturally happening. I can't get my wife to watch any YouTube videos. I like, because I watch a lot of YouTube. Who watches YouTube videos? Okay, it's, yeah, you're men, you know. <laughs> And I learn things on YouTube. I'm learning constantly on YouTube. And I'm like, hey, you got to see this video. And her first question is always, how long is it? <laughs> and I know that I, I can't get her to watch anything over five minutes. So I got, if it's longer than that, I have to like, find the, the part I want her to see. You know. So YouTube is a, a male-dominated platform, men are more visual. Um, more women read books. Women are more into stories and that kind of stuff. She can't get me to read, well, none of her books for sure. But... <laughs> Okay, this is one of the reasons why men um, are more uh, interested, seem to be more interested in the STEM field, science, technology, engineering, mathematics, okay? Now, I didn't, again, I didn't say women are not in those fields, because they are, and I didn't say women are not good at them, because there are women who are in those fields that are amazing. They're amazing women, scientists, mathematicians, etc. okay? So, but on average, men tend to be more interested in those fields, okay? What about women? Women tend to be more interested in people. Women tend to be more interested in human interaction. 90% of nurses are women. 75% of school teachers are women. 75% of nonprofit employees are women. Eight out of 10 single Protestant missionaries are women. Okay, so about a third of missionaries, Protestant missionaries are single, and of that group, eight out of 10 of them are women, okay? Women tend to be more interested in people and human interactions, networking, that kind of stuff, okay? Now, someone might ask, are the differences uh, between men and women and their interests a result of the culture that they're in or the society that they're in? Are those interests driven by the society and the culture they're in? And obviously, to an extent, that is true, okay? But that's a good question. But to answer that question... Um, I'm going to play a video by a man named Jordan Peterson. He's a Canadian uh, clinical psychologist and a professor of psychology at the University of Toronto. And um, I played this video. I did get my wife to watch this last night, by the way. I played this video for her yesterday. And she said, um, he uses the word e egalitarian. She said, I need to give this definition because he uses the word egalitarian a lot. And it basically is this, um, relating or believing in the principle that all people are equal and deserve equal rights and equal opportunities, okay? So equal opportunity when he says egalitarian. So uh, go ahead and roll that video to answer that question. And so it turns out that men are more interested, on average, 
than in things than women are, and women are more interested in people on average, and that's actually the biggest difference that's been measured between men and women. It's nothing to do with ability. It has to do with interest. And so the way that manifests itself is that women are more likely to go into uh, disciplines that are characterized by the care of others, and you can tell that by the way occupations are segregating. All you have to do is look at the data for like 15 minutes. Women overwhelmingly dominate healthcare. And that's, that's accelerating, by the way. And men dominate engineering, let's say. And so you say, well, that's sociocultural. It's like, no, it's not. And here's the proof. So, so now, now what you do, because you want to test this hypothesis, right? It's like, and, and the other thing that you want to understand is that left-leaning psychologists generated this data. And you think, well, how do you know that? That's easy. There are no right-leaning psychologists. <laughs> Except for you. Well, that's what people say, you know. And so, well, so I'm on stage and, with and, the only and, one. And that's been well documented. And so people have published this data despite their ideological proclivities and despite the fact that this is not what they expected to find or what they wanted to find. So what you do now is you, you stack countries by how egalitarian their social policies are. Right, from the least egalitarian to the most. And you say, well, the Scandinavian countries are the most egalitarian. So what you do is you stack countries by how egalitarian their social policies are, and then you look at occupational and personality differences between men and women as a function of the country. And what you find is, as the country becomes more egalitarian, the differences between men and women increase. They don't decrease. And so what that means is that the radical social constructionists are wrong. And it's not a few studies with a couple of people done by some half-witted psychologists in some tiny little university. It's population-level studies that have been published in major journals that have been cited by thousands of people. It's not pseudoscience. It's not, it's not, questioned, it's not questioned by mainstream psychometricians and personality theorists. We figured this out back in like 1995. Everyone thought it was settled. And so what's the big problem? Because there are differences between men and women. And if you leave them alone, those differences manifest themselves in different occupational choices. That's the other finding. This is a newer one. As the societies become more egalitarian, the occupational choices between men and women maximize. And what that means is that fewer and fewer women go into the STEM fields. Now, no one wanted that. No one predicted it. No one was hoping for it. It actually flew in the face of, I would say, the most established psychological theories, because my presupposition certainly was 20 years ago that what would have happened as we made societies more egalitarian would be that men and women would converge. That's not what happened. The biological differences maximized as we eliminated the sociocultural differences. It's interesting. It's interesting, huh? Okay. Here's, let me say a few things. I'm not, number one, I'm not advocating that we push overbearing masculine and feminine stereotypes on anybody, okay? There are, as I said at the beginning, amazing women who are engineers, mathematicians in the STEM fields, and they're crushing it. Um, and there are amazing men who are teachers and nurses and missionaries. I know sing, um, single men missionaries. I'm, so I'm not saying, I'm not trying to put any limitations on anybody here, okay? What I'm saying is that as a culture, apparently as a culture becomes more equal and empowers people more, those differences actually magnify, okay? 
So if you have a dream in your heart and a grace for it, go for it. What we are saying is that on average, there are some profound yet powerful differences between men and women that grow when societies become more egalitarian. Okay, when you remove pressures, when you remove pressure to have to, and even economic pressures, people tend to choose and those, those um, differences tend to grow. Okay, so I'm not pushing some agenda here with that. I'm just saying that God has created men and women equal, but they're also different, okay? The move to homogenize the sexes, kind of move them into one fluid kind of thing, I believe is a move against the fabric of culture, the fabric of society itself, okay? And the way that God made us. It says clear in scripture, God created mankind, male and female, he created them. Those differences are powerful. Those differences are amazing. Women are amazing, men are amazing, and we both need each other, and society needs us, to, needs us, needs you to embrace that identity that God has given you, okay? <clears throat> and again, I want to say that if you're an individual that's watching or it's here and you've struggled with some type of gender dysphoria or some type of um, anything like that, God loves you. You're amazing. It is through grace and truth. It is through relationship with Jesus that he will change and transform you, okay? So we want to have a lot of compassion on people that are in that situation, okay? <clears throat> um, we're going to take a, a step further next week, and I want to talk about where the rubber... I, actually, this was all going to be in this sermon today, and I just found that this one point got really long, so we're just going to stop with that. But next week, we're going to take it a step further, and we're going to talk about where the rubber really meets the road, and we want to talk about the wisdom of God, how the wisdom of God is, is expressed in the nuclear family, it is actually God's design, the way he designed family, is there's a wisdom in it. There's a wisdom in it, and culture and society, is, it is one of the fundamental um, institutions of our society is family. And I want to go there next week and kind of build upon what we've said today and talk about the nuclear family and how we need that desperately, and it is under attack in our culture and our world. Thanks again for tuning into the City Lights podcast. We appreciate your support, and we'd love to fellowship with you. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. Be sure to check out our website at citylights.church, where you can submit prayer requests, receive info on special events, and find our social media links. We're glad you could join us, and we hope you have a blessed week.